What's up, guys? Today on the Gamers Guild, I'm going to be joined by Sooner and Matthew as we do our little Season 8 TTS League Wrap-Up. My name is Josh, and welcome to the Gamers Guild. So, uh, we're a little late on the end of the <laughs> Season 8 TTS League. It ended up, like, what? Like two weeks ago, something like that. Something like that. Uh, it ended for me like a month ago, and <laughs> so I've just been a little out of the uh, the theatrics of the finals. Um, but today we're going to talk a little bit about things we learned personally, uh, deep in our souls, and with our builds. Uh, we're also going to talk about things about the meta for the season and kind of where it might be sitting going forward. And then maybe our plans for season nine uh, and what we're going to do in the upcoming leagues. I guess let's get started on what we've learned. Uh, Matthew, you want to kind of lead us in and tell us a little bit about uh, how your season went? So uh, my season went uh, ex- exceptionally well. Uh, I was uh, very surprised. I made it to the top eight of the uh, cuts. I went into this if uh, league with Shadowland Daredevil pretty pretty exclusively Shadowland Daredevil and by pretty exclusively I mean exclusively exclusively I didn't play anything else I kind of just went into this season I didn't have a lot of preparation to it I had a very busy life going in and I just wanted to play Daredevil because he seemed fun and Daredevil is one of my favorite characters and I wanted to just go in there, throw some dice and let the MCP gods determine how things go. And uh, and it went well. I enjoyed finding out the little intricacies that you can kind of put into it and these little small efficiencies. Uh, a, a perfect example of that was sooner actually put me on for adding advanced R&D into my list and it was uh, at first I was very skeptical I said that can't possibly be better in sacrifice it's great uh, and then it really opened my eyes when I started playing around with what the what power it really wields with the leadership just allowing for Bucky or X-23 or Medusa to just be able to hop up and attack anybody without using a movement action. I So I played the games. They were all, they're almost all exceptionally fun. I only lost, the only two games I lost, I lost once during the season. And in my top eight match, I lost to the eventual winner of the whole thing. So you basically got second, right? That's how that works. I think I think that is how the rules work. I haven't checked the rules pack since uh, since the loss, but I'm pretty sure it says that. And I won't check the standings either, right? Like the you're standing- just gonna assume it. Oh, the standings are just a place suggestion. <laughs> like the speed limit, it's just a suggestion anyway. Exactly. But That's no, I, it was. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. It was enjoyed it. It was great. Um, I had a lot of fun. I really enjoyed playing. Daredevil himself. It was fun playing an actual good version of Daredevil. True. You know, I've played all my other favorite characters in this game, and so it was really great to do that. And 
feel the pressure of the cuts. I've never made it that deep into cuts before, so it was it was it was quite the ride. Wasn't this your first time in cuts? Uh, sort of. I a couple seasons ago, I made cuts. I made five and one, but I had to play the play in round against uh, Pat Dunford. Oh. Uh, <laughs> and, and so I played that game, and that was the infamous game that everyone was introduced to me as uh, the guy who beat Pat Dunford, but then forgot the toad interacts at range two. Uh, <laughs> and then through the game in the last activation. Rip, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I was going to say, I think um, I typically feel like I have ended your run to the finals or to the, uh, the cuts a couple of times. Yes, tw- twice exactly. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, you know, it's all part of making me a better player to get to where I am today. Yeah. And... Um, bef- that was all before we were podcast co-hosts. So you just knew me as that that dude that keeps block, like keeps stopping you right at the finals, right at the finish line. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Mandalorian Orange is that person for me, by the way. Oh, he was party to one of those seasons as well. He was the one who knocked me into having to face you. Heck yeah! I, I don't know if he's ever knocked me out, but like every time we play, we have this really wild game, and he always just like takes it and it's always like a downward spiral he's like a bad omen i think for me <laughs> yeah 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 i think we should just make a, a pact to not play him because he'll beat us true but we know <laughs> what we have to do is we need to we need to get him into a game and be like all right this is going to reset the record right like long shanks games fall off after a year and so do our last matches okay so this is fresh slate and then win and then just never play him again because now we're one in, we're one out against him. Well, what happens after a year? Uh, well, now it doesn't count because oh, it's okay. not on long chains. Yeah. So how about how about uh, I, I like to hear what's how sooner? Me too. Sooner. How, how was your how was your season eight? Uh it was kind of as expected to be honest. Um, I, uh, as everybody knows, I beginning of the year I took the or season I took defenders uh just for kind of like a personal challenge to see see how well I could do um the first half of the season went really well um started off three and oh had some good victories um and then ran into some tough games round four and round five and uh unfortunately lost both of those and um, ended my season there. So, I mean, honestly, probably about what I would have expected. I mean, um, going into the season, I probably thought four and two was a realistic, uh, uh, record for me playing defenders and kind of, you know, kind of how it broke down. Um, so yeah, it was fun. Um, I mean, I made a point not to play Voodoo, uh, Black Cat, uh, Malekith, Juggernaut, and uh, you know those. There's a reason those models are played so much. Um, <laughs> you you tried to play competitive MCP on hard mode. Yeah, they're they're very good, and they make the game a lot easier. And they just, I, I think, more than anything, they counter certain stuff. You kind of need them to counter. Um, right. And I just didn't have that. And uh, both of my losses were to really excellent players. So 
I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, gameplay, but I feel like unfortunately both of those losses were a turn zero loss um, where I really just didn't, <laughs> I, I literally just couldn't do anything in the game to really give myself a, even a chance to, to play the game to win. So um, that was a little disappointing, but you know, that comes with the territory of, again, taking defenders without any of those models. Um, you can just run into those turn zero, you know, scenarios. And that's, that's what happened. So what, what is it about defenders that has them lack the tools to uh, stand up against that higher level of uh, competition? Yeah, I th- it's a good question. I think they have multiple issues. I think they have very limited flexibility. Um, you know, Strange, I think, is a good character, but Strange is probably more of a character you don't want to play every game. You want to pick and choose when you play him. Um, and, of course, with Defenders, you have to play him every game if you want a leadership, and he's five threat. So it makes splashing other big, big characters much more difficult hulk is affiliated hulk is very good but that's already 11 points if you play strange and hulk so uh they get very expensive so flex- the lack of flexibility hurts them a lot their leadership is not good i think their leadership let me rephrase that i don't think their leadership is good but i do think it has niche places where it is effective but it's just few and far between. It's just not enough to, you know, rely on every, every game. Um, it's, it's too RNG. It costs power. Uh, there's just, there's just multiple issues that I've already said at nauseum. Um, so that hurts. They don't have any tactics cards, which wasn't as big of a deal before, right before the season, they went, they, you know, did the phase out of cards and a new season. Once they did that, that hurt because I I just played a lot of the good unaffiliated cards. And when they did that, it was like, I I don't even know where to find cards at this point. So I think those things are really the the main combination of uh, why they are, are just a little difficult to consistently get results. So question then, so if the leadership is niche in terms of its use case and they don't have tactics cards, like basically, then what draws you to need to play Strange in every game? At that point, then why not just play an unaffiliated list? And I mean, take... You would be. <laughs> well, what I mean is why at that point, why not just play an unaffiliated roster I, I don't know. It's, or like Midnight Suns, because I feel like they share some. Or Avengers, because there's a lot of crossover there, too. Yeah, I mean, I don't... Th- I think if you're going to play Defenders, I think there is maybe some small merit in playing Defenders as a dual affiliation. Um, and I don't think that's bad. I think if you're just going to do kind of like the A-Force thing where you just play leaderless or play unaffiliated... That's hard because then you're going to want to bring models that are just good in the unaffiliated slot versus defenders. You, you'll need probably more threes to, to go into the list. And I don't know. I mean, I guess that's an option. But, you know, I think the whole point of playing defenders was for me was to play defenders, not to play unaffiliated. 
Yeah, I think out of every affiliation currently out, they just they need some more releases to kind of make them feel whole. If they had a three threat leader, that would help. That would go a long ways of helping. Like a three threat leader that gave like the defenders one or two cards, like that would just go a long way right there um, in fixing them. Yeah, I, I think one of their biggest issues is having the one card, and it's tied to Strange or Wong. One of them is significantly better than the other for the card. And the card is like, it's a good card. It's just techie and can be a double-edged sword if you don't use it well. Whereas most like other high-powered uh, affiliated tactics cards are like like defining traits of the affiliation, like Asteroid M or Wakanda Forever or Avengers Assemble. Like they're these really big, impactful cards that just do the thing they do. Yeah, well, I mean, so this shows how much I value that card. I didn't; it wasn't even in my tin, and that's with <laughs> the card change. Um, I, I don't think that card is very good. I think, I think that card is very good on Malekith. I don't think it's very good on Doctor Strange. I can um, see that. So, I mean, there's a big difference when you are playing Attrition and you have a Kill Kitty coming in uh, through that Bifrost, then you know, having to spend three power, which strange does not want to do and have Dr. Strange come in who number one wants to stay away from the fight. He doesn't want to get up in the middle of it. So yeah, I I just, I don't think that card is very good. Um, I think if you look at it, maybe in a vacuum, like, Oh wow. Range five movement for my whole team. That's great. And I agree. it, It looks good, but in practice, I, I think you'll find it'll let you down more more than it actually helps. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It feels almost like they, they, they would benefit from having an astral ring type card instead of, instead of throwing their bodies through a portal, being able to throw their abilities through a portal would be much more effective for what Strange wants to do. Yeah, for sure. True. Yeah, I can see that. So that's how my season went. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the challenge. I enjoyed the kind of, I practiced a lot uh, coming to this season. I usually don't practice all that much, and I actually did practice a lot. So uh, I enjoyed it. I gave it a good run. was 3-0. and was honestly looking pretty good, <laughs> and it just fell apart at the back end. But, uh, you know, we did what we could. Well, I think it was admirable that you tried to play with, you know, a seemingly down affiliation and, like, ended up, doing pretty well with them. I, I don't think there's anything wrong with not making the five and one, especially when you're playing against good players. Lots of good players just don't make the five and one sometimes. And they play all kinds of things, you know, like just, they play Dr. Voodoo. They play Dr. Voodoo, black cat. They probably people out there were playing Malekith and didn't make it, you know, it's just, uh, I think there's something to be said about having a reason to play beyond just saying, I want to, I'm playing just to win. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's what I did. Um, I went into the season not trying to win the tournament. I went into the season as a personal challenge just to see what I could do. And, um, yeah, it was uh, it was what I thought it was going to be. So I, I guess that's good. Did you have fun at least? Uh, I did to an extent. Uh, <laughs> the, the last two games, were my opponents were, were great opponents. I had nothing to do with them, but – it was just a couple games where it was turn zero loss where I really just couldn't do much at all in the game. And it was just kind of frustrating. Like, 
yeah. I mean, so I did enjoy it. Uh, those two games kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Again, not my opponents, just the fact that, like, I just had no answer. Um, and, you know, the funny thing is, is one of those is I had Pryo, so I got to choose. And I actually gave my opponent the 33% chance to flip the bad thing that I, I ought to lose on. And I would do it that I would do it again every single time because the flip is, is one of the 66% chances gives me a heavy advantage. And uh, so, yeah, I would do that every single time again. Braver man than I. No, yeah. I think it makes sense. I think it makes sense. It's, it's, you know, you you want to try to push whatever advantage you can, as best as you can, to, and and seeing those, seeing that before you, you know, you can play the other route and the safer route, but you might not get the results you want, and then you sit there and you think, ugh, you know, if I just went for, what, you know, for the stronger play to get the sixty six percent, then I probably would have won. This way, you know, you got thirty three percent, and then you can spend the whole time thinking, "Well, if I just got the sixty six percent, I would have won." <laughs> yeah, and there's no guarantee I would have won by any means, but it was, it was. Let me tell you, this is a matchup I had played many times, and it was a matchup I had never lost. Um, it was against Avengers, and it would have turned it into an attrition grind game, and defenders that niche that I was talking about, that's where it is actually good. It is good against Avengers in a slow attrition game. I could see that. Defenders yeah. are good at uh, lasting long defending, if you would. Yeah, and Avengers Ooh. aren't great at killing, and um, the leadership is actually really good against a lot of the Avengers. So, so yeah, I would do it again, but unfortunately the one... You know, and it's funny, before the game, I even said, I won Pryo, and I said, all right, I'm going to take Secures, and please don't flip X. And he flipped X. What, what is what is X? Oh, we don't need to talk about it. <laughs> Something that's going to give it to you. <laughs> so that's enough about me. What, what about you, Josh? How did your season go? Uh, it went pretty good. Last, last season, I did horribly. So I went back to something familiar, which is Avengers. And then put in a spike of the unfamiliar. I tried to combine Steve and Sam and have like a a list that could go either way and also utilize the versatile strategy card to maybe run both in a single game, which may be a little too greedy on hindsight. Maybe that's one of the things I learned. But I feel like I redeemed myself. I went five and one, um, played against some really good players, had some really good games on the way through. Uh, I was the only one that had to do a play-ins for the top 32 cuts and won that one and then started my first round of cuts with a really strong opener and then failed to clinch it and lost. Uh, (laughs) But it was still a really good game and uh, had a lot of fun and felt like I had accomplished a lot uh, this season. I don't remember a lot about my games, uh, to be honest, because I'm so far detached from them now. But I love Avengers to death. They're one of my favorite affiliations. They're really flexible, which is something I like. I, so I can play I can play Avengers and some of the some similar models, but shift things around and play something drastically different. 
Uh, and being as ADD as I am, it's really nice to just play different things all the time. But I think my next move is not going to be Avengers because I played a lot of Avengers. Well, when you were playing and you were trying to do that Sam, Steve type of thing, which which leader did you tend to gravitate towards more often than not? Mostly Steve. Um, I think part of it is last year around this time I was playing a lot of Sam. Um, and Sam's game has changed with the banning of a few cards and the rotation of a few cards and the errata of his leadership. So I wasn't super comfortable with him yet so I didn't utilize him I think enough I think I probably could have used him more Steve is a very easy leadership to get value out of I mean like if you get like a like two superpowers out of it around you're like yeah I did cool Steve things and taking Iron Man is probably the easiest example of that because every single time he activates you're probably going to shoot some of the pulsar blast and well he starts the round with a power so we're going to do Friday AI I think that there is a way to play that list or a variation of it where you run the versatile strategy and you run both as potential leaders. I just couldn't quite unlock the Sam half of it. I think I was more focused on Steve. Well, Steve is very attractive. I agree. He is a good looking man. (laughs) He's America's Heine. (laughs) As far as I'm concerned. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, well, was there any character or any kind of Steve play that you really gravitated towards and just loved doing? I mean, really, like, I just like new Iron Man and Avengers. Like, Iron Man feel... I played a good bit of Iron Man when he was released, and it was just so hard to get him to work. And, like, Steve felt like the only place to do it. And I find myself slotting him, slotting Tony into, like, a lot of lists now just because two power for Friday AI is so much better. And he feels like a, a complete character now. And in Steve, it's just light years better than it was with like Avengers Assemble and the the extra power he gets from his from the leadership. But yeah, I think I think it wasn't so much of a play as much as it was just putting Tony Stark into my lists and getting really good results. Yeah, I could see that. I, I I've done a lot of Iron Man and I really, I really like him. I was gonna do Avengers before I swapped to Shadowland Daredevil at the pretty much the last second. Yeah, I'm, I'm more of a player that likes to play certain characters or combinations, like specific strategies or plays. So like I played Midnight Suns a couple of seasons ago because I really liked the idea of using Hulk to bump and move and grab the middle points. And I also really want any excuse to put Ghost Rider on the table. And that affiliation is a good excuse to do both. And this one was, I really like Sam. I really like Iron Man. I really th- think it's funny to cheese with uh, Black Cat sometimes. Uh, what if we could just do all three in one affiliation? And, you know, you also can bump and grab the middle objective with <laughs> with Hulk and Steve's Avengers. And you can still, yeah, you can still do that. I'm pretty sure I took Hulk in there. Uh, I may be mistaken, but uh, the, 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 the thing with, like, with certain builds I play, like, I always feel like when I'm playing my roster, there's, like, 10 or 11, like there's 11 or 12 characters I want to play. So I have to like cut one or two and others. I feel like I'm having to just like add characters to make 10. But with this Avengers roster, I felt like I had 21 characters in my roster at at all times, but I had to pick, I can only pick 10 of them to actually bring to the table. Which is so restrictive, right? I mean, I know. I think 
honestly, we should just be able to bring our entire collection to the table. Yeah. Just build lists as we wish. Lighten up, AMG. Just let, let us bring whatever and do whatever. What is, what is a list but a list of restrictions? And a list of uh, arbitrary guidelines that we must uh, abide by. Am I right, friends? Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Lists are, are, are bringing us down, honestly. Bringing me down. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think we need anarchy. Look, as somebody who is currently trying to figure out a way to make S.H.I.E.L.D. and Sentinels work together, I'm just sitting there staring at 15 characters and wishing it could just be... <laughs> we could live in that reality. You could just play Battle Realms. I could. Imagine I'd be the only one playing. Imagine playing Battle Realms with Sentinels, all right? And you draft your first two Sentinels. You play the, the Prime and the regular one, and your opponent just bans the other regular Sentinel. Can they do that? How what how how does how I do don't they, know. I'm just I'm just imagining a world where that happens though. You know, that's not even like the worst thing in the world. I think I've played about five games of Sentinels and Bucky's been the third Sentinel every time. <laughs> Bucky's the third, the third something every time in a lot of lists. This is true. But when you're starting with five, four, four, you really want to try to that extra threat really helps you fit in like one more character. That is what I like to call coward talk. If you don't have three big honking robots on the field, I don't know what you're playing Sentinels for. It's true. I'm I'm just uh, terrified of playing tall. Which is also one of the reasons why I play Shadowland Daredevil. If you're terrified of playing tall, why would you play the tallest models in the game? Because... Busted. <laughs> because they look cool and they have they have ball joints and we get to go shooty shoot and remove the cover off of uh, mutants. True. And one of the official sculpts uh, is doing the thriller pose. So, I mean, like, what's there not to love? So, anyway, <laughs> that's that's season, that's that's later season talk. Yes. Uh, so, anyway, yeah, let's... Uh, what did we think about, uh, I guess, the metagame surrounding season eight? Um, I think season eight was, like, the rise of Shadowlands Daredevil and then him, like, getting pummeled into the dirt as uh, Malekith flew into the scene and has taken over uh, everyone's entire brain. It's sort of the tale of two metas, really, this season. I feel like a lot of seasons kind of hit that, right? Like, we start the the Swiss rounds and everyone's like, oh, watch out for Black Order because Black Order's crazy. And then, like, something hits midway through, like, either an errata or, like, uh, a ban list change or some big drop. And it's like, Oh, now you got to watch out for this fact, this affiliation because they're crazy. And this time it was just Shadowlands and Malekith. Yeah. I also think that we didn't even really see the Malekith meta until after the season was over. Um, Yeah. I I think that, you know, people weren't really playing. Um, They were splashing him a little bit, but everybody kind of had their lists and their affiliations they were playing and practice with. Whereas like now, like I think we're truly in the Malekith meta. Yeah. It's a Malekith world. We're just living in it. And I think that uh, depending on who's playing 
in season nine will really experience that. Yeah, it's it's pretty brutal, unfortunately. I mean, Malekith Cabal is is pretty <laughs> uh, pretty top notch. I've played it five times, and I took it to LVOIS qualifier, and I mean, they were they were very one sided games. <laughs> and I yeah. mean, it was against good opponent good opponents too. Like guys, like in fact, I think two or three, uh, two out of three of my opponents had already qualified for LVO won a qualifier and it was still pretty pretty one-sided it's just it's brutal and you put it in somebody i think the biggest thing with it is a it's very easy to play um and then b you add that with like you put it in an experienced player's hands and it gets even like i mean it's just even gets more powerful and yeah it's uh it's something that's for sure it is, in fact, of all the models, it is definitely one of them. But I feel like in the end, for the season, it ended up becoming sort of a, an, an Avengers meta. You know, as, as, as uh, even more specifically, a Hulk meta. Hulk yes. was kind of the star of the, the postseason. Hulk is very good. I'll have to take your word for it. I watched no postseason matches after I got out. I'm sorry. I, I scratched that. I watched Kenny lose to the guy that beat me, and I, I watched a couple of your games and then promptly forgot that the final stuff was going on because <laughs> I was just very busy. Went on vacation. Was looking forward to vacation. Working a lot. Well, there was a there was a point I feel like where we were looking at having another scenario where we would have four Avengers in the top four. And I think we ended up with three Avengers and Cabal uh, or Cabal CS brotherhood, like Lucas's Cabal's triple affiliation list. So the Avengers were kind of cutting, just knocking out all the people. Like when I played my, games i was playing i played a against a cs cabal list and then a cs list and then i hit avengers and that was that was that was the roadblock that's where the stop happened most of these avengers players were all holding down to that hulk and that hulk when i watched the games he was he was doing work you know just there were all these dice spikes that happened and he would throw people staggers all around it was and then in the end in the final which um magic nick won the season with his avengers roster you know his hulk i mean at the beginning of the game he was getting absolutely annihilated by the cabal hulk then his hulk decided to show up and just annihilate the other side of the team it became just hulk just destroying the world yeah i think Hulk is like has got three really good things going for him. One, uh, it's the Hulk and he's really flashy and cool and fun. So like putting him on the table is just a joy, even if he's not doing great, but he does, which is the second point. He's just a really good model. Uh, like I'm not going to say he's overtuned, but he definitely like brings a whole lot to the table. Like one of the best control pieces can also hit like a Mack truck, uh, hard to remove, Hard to control, deceptively mobile, just a lot of really cool stuff. And then the third thing is he seems kind of cool into Malekith a little bit. So I think people are sort of like 
Maybe I need to start getting my Hulk reps in so I can stagger, stagger and throw some Malekits around. Yeah, I, uh, you know, I've been working with Shield lately, and you know, there's a lot of talk about how She-Hulk is pretty good into Malekith, but I feel like everything, even in it, even though he's not affiliated, I feel like anything I want to do with She-Hulk, Hulk just does it significantly better. <laughs> That's why you play Hulk. She-Hulk and Nick Fury in Shield. Yeah, and you play Agents of Smash. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, we could right talk. There. We could talk about that in, a, in another podcast. But I'm, I'm, I'm now contemplating dropping She-Hulk for some Sentinel Prime. I thought you had Sentinel Prime in there. I didn't yet. No, I haven't. I didn't have him in my current like full Shield roster. Oh my, my Shield goodness. Sentinel roster. Yes, oh. of course. But in my Shield roster. There's no, I don't have a five threat at all. I see. But my decision is, I, you know, if I'm dropping, putting Sentinel Prime in, normally you would think the Hulk would be the, the swap, but Hulk has been so good to me. I played a game against Kenny, and he was playing uh, Sentinels into my shield, and my Hulk was, my Hulk wasn't even doing that much. He only had one round where he was, you know, punching robots, but he just has such an influence on the game. Just very hard to move. And the fact that he can have such an impact that he can stay on the board. You know he's going to be fine with his health pool. And then he just, sometimes he just moves, punches somebody to push him off a point, and then throws another person off. And then that's that's all he does. But it that wins you games. Yep. Well, do we have a, do we, are we enjoying where the game is going right now? Like the meta, uh, I guess competitively, or is it something that we're looking forward to playing in? Or is that a little too uh, on the nose? No, no, I think Sooner should answer. (laughs) I don't think you guys guys want me to answer. No, I really Um, do. (laughs) uh, Let's just say I'm taking a break for uh, probably a month or two. Um, I am not a fan of the meta at all. At all. Um, For many reasons. I mean, number one, I think you have two affiliations that are heads and above better um, than everybody else. Um, I think that there needs a drastic scenario crisis update and change, and we need new, new uh, crises. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's just a Malekith world and there's not a whole lot of answers it's just more just when you're playing him, pray that he rolls bad and it doesn't feel good. So the two affiliations that you are saying are head, like heads above the rest, I'm going to assume you mean Cabal and Avengers? Yes. So Cabal and Avengers, uh, obviously a Malekith-led Cabal. Um, and then both Avengers are very good. A lot of people run both Steve and Sam together. Um you know, I think I think they would do very well if they split those affiliations up into something like, you know, like an X-Men Gold and X-Men Blue team or something like that. Because, unfortunately, those Ross, those, you know, being able to pick from all those characters, it's just, uh, you know, the rich get richer. And then we we know Sam's really strong. We know Steve's, Steve's leadership is really strong. And then, you know, the big bad Mal came out. So 
yeah, I, I think those two are hands down uh, the top right now. I mean, I think Guardians of the Galaxy are also, you know, right on that cusp. I think the problem with Guardians is they just struggle so hard in the mouth. Right. So if there wasn't that, then I would be saying there's more because I think Guardians of the Galaxy into everything else is really good. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that's pretty much the meta. Although, although there's, it's not all doom and gloom. I just went to a convention and Saturday was our LVOIS and Sunday we all got together and we said, we're going to have fun. No one bring Malekith or any of the broken stuff. And we had a fun tournament and I played X-Force and I won all my games. So, (laughs) and it was a lot of fun. We all agreed. It was some of the most fun we've had in MCP in a long time. And, you know, it took us coming together as a community and say, Hey, let's just play fun stuff. Let's not play all the competitive broken stuff. And uh, it seemed to be very enjoyable by everybody. That's kind of what we've been doing a little bit locally at our, in our meta. Like we, we're just kind of like playing around like uh, the, we have one guy who is sort of building his tournament list, but it's like a, a midnight Suns tournament list. And he's playing it like this weird control style denial midnight suns rather than like an attrition one uh that's really cool so it's like no one's really playing malekith or uh like if they're playing hulk they're just playing the hulk because it's the hulk and not because they want to be a control monster so uh, a lot of it's been super fun locally getting just like really interesting somewhat thematic games and i i played a shield roster keep calling it my immortal shield team because i play like shield with Ultron and Ghost Rider, just so I have two characters that can resurrect themselves. Which is something I plan to do with Sentinels, uh, because they have the online and operational thing to bring one back from near death. So it's like, ah, I've got all these characters you don't want to hit. Yeah, I played a guy in that same tournament I was just talking about who ran, uh, it was a 20-point game, and he ran Dormammu, Ghost Rider, uh, Ultron, and Baron Mordo. So he had, he had Dark Restoration for Mordo. He had obviously Deal with the Devil and Ghost Rider, and he had Age of Ultron with uh, Ultron, and then he had Dormammu. So it was like, uh, <laughs> who do I kill? That guy had way more fun than anyone else. <laughs> yes. Yes, it was pretty cool. Yeah. So. I, I mean, so do you guys think that the to- either the tournament meta or the TTS meta specifically that kind of forces these negative uh, elements that we're talking about, as opposed to like, you're talking about all the stuff that's happening locally. That's so much fun, but it doesn't feel like I'm getting that vibe from what is happening online. Well, I think it's just the competitive scene in general. I think that unfortunately there were some, I just think in the competitive meta as it is right now is not in a really healthy spot. And AMG might not care, right? Like, I don't know. They they have consistently said they don't care about the competitive scene. It's a casual game and they don't care. So maybe they don't care. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on the, the current meta, Matthew? Ah. <sighs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you should, if for that answer, go to House Party Protocol a couple weeks ago when I was on there talking about Malekith. Give us the spark notes. The, I mean, basically the problem I, I think at this point is that the game has gotten a little long in the tooth. And the, the, the big thesis that I've said there, and I'll say now, is that I think that a game, any game, not just Marvel Crisis Protocol, every game needs to have maintenance to it. Um, it's a game that is, all games are made by humans, and humans are not infallible. And they are dealing with lots of things when they're creating these thing, these characters, uh, both the moving parts of what is before the character is created, what is being created around the character that is being created, um, as well as what's going to happen in the future. You know, sometimes things come out and it completely breaks something that's been in the game since the core set. Like, you know, follow me. The game, the game, any game system is just going to eventually need to have some kind of like maintenance because if it doesn't get maintained, then it just sort of collapses under its own weight. And I think that about a year ago, we were sort of at that point, and AMG brought in these massive, you know, erratas and character changes and core rule changes. And I think that the game is kind of reaching that point again. I mean, AMG just did sort of a a, a sprucing right before season eight started with the, with the rotation. But I think that the rotation kind of just changed things up. It, it did get rid of some things that kind of needed to go, but those could have just been handled by just adding a couple cards to the ban list. So... I think that the game has gotten to that state again. And I don't think that AMG should, as they have said that they're not going to, you know, constantly be making these big sweeping changes and they shouldn't say that. And I don't think that they should abide by a, a scheduled once a year fix, but you know, eventually just keep an eye on things and know when you need to fix things, you know, know when this does not work. And if you don't maintain your game, then people, both who are playing it are going to say, well, they're not maintaining the game. So those people then leave. And then people who come into the game immediately are met with these unmaintained pieces and then get pushed out before they even get drawn in. So I think that the game from a meta perspective is needs to have some kind of, some kind of jolt, some kind of uplift, some kind of changing to it in, in whether it's a, getting some more crises a crises pack would be wonderful some errata to just tone down some negative aspects and then we'll we're back at the races yeah i agree with that i don't think it would take much but yeah i do think they um if they're going to want to keep a healthy game they're going to have to to make changes periodically i mean like you said every game has to do this it's not like i mean it's not like this is unique. Yeah. And they've, they've said themselves in the past, they, they don't view this as a competitive game, but they did also say a good competitive game is a good balanced game and they want to make a good balanced game. They're not necessarily doing it for the competitive scene, but they, they, I think that they sometimes look at things competitively to try and help make the game a good game for the casual side. Because obviously, judging by how you talk about when you're playing casually, 
you're also just leaving pieces out of the game. And I think if there are pieces being left out of the game, that's a, that's a, that's another telltale sign. Yeah. I was actually going to say that, like, we've got a lot of people who are either coming into the game or just playing really casually. And it feels really weird to take like Malekith, who I'll be honest, is probably the coolest looking model in the game and try to, I feel like, the experienced players have to just like not play this cool model, which honestly is a model that if seen from across the room might make someone interested in the game. Because like if I play Malekith against a new player, they're probably going to feel like the game's not balanced or like the game is, you know, like, like they didn't have fun because he's not a fun model to play against. And it's hard to make models that are fun to play with and against sometimes, but like some of them lately, I felt like they've missed the mark. Him being one of them. And uh, I feel like those need that needs to get changed because I don't feel like when I go to my game store to play, like you said, locally and just for fun, I have to be like, well, I'm not going to play this because they're really good. And I'm not going to play this guy because he's he's probably not going to be very fun for this guy. I'm not going to play this guy. You know, I got to say every single character is going to be like equal, but uh, the list of characters I have, I feel like I have to exclude has been growing longer than I feel comfortable with. And it's not cool because, you know, people spend, you know, good money on a Malekith and a lot of time building this model and painting it and making it look cool. So you want you want the cool looking thing to, to, to you want to go out and play your cool looking thing that you just spent money and time and and hard work on. Yeah. And, and you don't want people to make you feel like that guy for bringing a character you think is cool. If, if you like Malekith, the character or like the sculpt, you shouldn't have to feel like people are gonna be like, oh, well, you're playing Alakith. Oh, he's just really good. And you're like, no, like his model's just really cool. Like, I want to play Malekith because he looks cool, but I won't play Malekith because his gameplay loop is not what I want to play. And also because I want to play against my newer players. There are people, you know, the Fury's Finest people have always said every character is somebody's favorite character. And Malekith is, you know, I'm sure a lot of people's favorite character from the comics to go and see, oh, he looks so cool and to spend, I don't know, what, six, 50, 60 bucks on him and painting him and you bring him to, and then you bring him to a game and your only response when you get bring your favorite character to the game is, oh, gosh, I have to play this game. And yeah. that doesn't feel good to you as the person who's playing it. But what, else, what are you going to do? I guess I just don't play my favorite character. Yeah, there's a diff- big difference between like, Oh man, I got with that guy. And so like you put down like I don't know, like Ghost Rider and someone's like, oh man, Ghost Rider, oh he's so good, he's so cool. <laughs> like, oh he's gonna be fast. I don't know if I can deal with something like that is completely different. Yeah, um, I've definitely had games where I I would see I, Ghost Rider, especially I've played against a, a Guardians of the Galaxy Ghost Rider, and I'm like, oh man, this guy's gonna whip my butt. <laughs> you know? But it was like a fun feeling. Yeah, because stuff like that, he's not Oh, I'm like, we're not going to get into it super hard, but like, there's, there's definitely a difference. And I, I feel like it needs to get addressed a little bit and not to harp too much. And all this is like, obviously we're talking about heavy, heavy meta stuff, right? Like this is heavy competitive meta talk. Uh, the game is still fun. Uh, I'm getting people into the game currently, like new players, uh, several, and we are having a blast and I am super hyped to go every week to play. And trying to figure out if I can like sneak in extra games here and there with people to get them more interested. And cause it's also building my interest even higher. Like, Oh, like I, I can, I have all these like ideas for funny, cool things I can do that aren't like competitive. 
So we're not like dooming and glooming the game itself. It's just, we're talking about if you want to, if specifically the, I want to win a competitive tournament, like a convention or the league cuts or something. Yeah, the game is great. I mean, I, I had as much fun as I've had in a tournament playing X Force the other day. So, like, the game is still a great, great game. And I mean, I have confidence that AMG will kind of right the ship. Yeah, Sky's definitely not falling. No, yeah, I, 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 I think the game is. I think the competitive portion of the game is in a little bit of a rough spot. The game itself is super fun. I've always said this. I think this game bridges the competitive and casual gap really well. And it's super easy to go back and forth and going from competitive to just playing casually at my local game store is easy and insanely fun. Yeah. I mean, if you want to have some fun, I've played a lot. I've been playing a lot of games the last uh, couple weeks, not com- like super meta competitive stuff. And you play some shield, you play some sentinels. They are fun. Let me, let me tell, let me tell I went on a rant about this guy. Captain America Steve Rogers. He's a lot of fun. <laughs> that character is a lot of fun to play. I still don't know if you like or dislike him. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> but he's a lot of fun. That he the, he's just a character when he's on the when he's on the table every everyone is aware of this character. Like you he is a he I understand why he's a fourth threat. He's a character that your opponent always is supremely aware of what Steve can or is about to do. He just, he he does work. Sometimes he doesn't even do much in a game, but he affects the opponent because of his threat projection. I, I love him. He's so much fun. Is he, does he feel like the star-spangled man with the plan? No, he feels like a man who's just going to throw a bunch of dice and you hope you get two symbols on those dice. <laughs> I've, just, I've, I've done a spender about four or five times and I have yet to get a single trigger off of it. Language. <laughs> yeah, he looks really cool. Uh, I also like that they didn't give him like some weird new name. It's just Steve Rogers, Captain America. So we have Captain America, Captain America, and Steve Rogers, comma, <laughs> Captain America. It's, it's Captain Steve. Captain Steve. Steve. Captain Steve, Steve. <laughs> so let's kind of wrap this up with like our plans for the future. Let's first talk about our plans for season nine. So uh, sooner, what are your, um, what are your plans for season nine? Like anything that you bring in or any, uh, anything you want to talk about? My plans for season nine will involve some pom poms. And probably like a microphone and some things <laughs> where I'll be cheering everybody else on. Um, I'm sitting out this season. It'll be the first season I haven't played in. And uh, the the league has kind of uh, war, just not uh, real excited for uh, the league anymore. So I'm not going to play. I, and I will say it's not like I'm not. I mean, I'm still playing the game a lot and everything. It's just in real life has, has picked up, uh, conventions have, have happened. And, uh, you know, the league takes a really long time. I have to play the same list over and over for a very long time. And I just not quite, uh, not quite wanting to do that anymore. So I will be sitting it out. Uh, Matthew, uh, what are you, what are your, your plans for the season nine league? 
I'm currently undecided at the moment. If I do play in the league, I'm probably going to bring some kind of wacky uh, shield and sentinels. Uh, either sh- yeah, I'll play either shield or sentinels or shield and sentinels. It's going to be one of those combinations. I'm not entirely certain if I will play this season. I've played a lot of seasons back to back, and I, I I think at this stage for me, I'm I'm hoping that they make some changes just to adapt it to a more online. I guess you could say I don't even play that much in person, so this is my best outlet for playing. But I think that now that in real life games have picked up, I think that the league needs to find a way to differentiate itself, to give it a reason why you would play online as opposed to in person. And I don't think, I think that because of the nature of season eight going into season nine so quickly, it's in like a week, because of the nature of the holidays that are coming up, I don't think it's given the, the league organizers enough time to soak in feedback and then make make those necessary changes so the game so it's kind of since i've played so much and then i went into the cut and i've only had a couple of weeks and then going right into another season that's more or less exactly the same it's a little uh redundant for me so i might i mean i give it a i give it a solid 30 percent chance that i buckle and realize that this is my best way to play mcp and i want to play mcp so i'll do it but there's there's a solid chance that I I just take the rest of the year off for competitive play. What about you, Josh? What are you gonna do? I am not gonna play in season nine. Um, <laughs> Man, <laughs> it's a little too close to season eight for me. Um, the turnaround's really really fast. I don't like that it's gonna butt up into the in the holidays if I perform well. Cause I don't want to have to deal with all that. I've got a new dog puppy, which uh, those who may not know my dog that I've had Bailey, he uh, is terrified of other dogs and hates other dogs. But we found this stray and she needed somewhere to go. So we were either going to keep her if he was okay or, you know, take her to a shelter somewhere like so that she could be adopted or give her to someone to adopt her. Uh, and our dog loves her. He loves her. <laughs> wasn't expecting it and uh so we're keep, are they gonna keep her and we gotta train her to you know work correctly like a dog and got a lot of stuff going on in the IRL scene got a lot of people coming in like I said kind of trying to plan my own real life league maybe still working on that for like the league itself outside of that I just the they made a, a rules change I say they because I didn't really realize we I helped organize it, but I didn't realize we were making this rule change until it was already in effect where we don't have a mid season roster change. So you're roster locked for six weeks. I just don't have any interest in playing the same list for six weeks straight. Cause like if it was six games straight in a single day or in a couple of days, that's one thing. Cause like I think about the list for a couple of days and I'm done, but you know, this is literally having to think about and practice with and interact with the same exact build for a month and a half just not interested in doing that um yeah i could i i feel that too that's one of my biggest hesitations as well just because i have so much list add that three weeks and usually by the time i get to the three weeks i'm usually already kind of moving on in my brain about how i want this list to be and a lot of times if i'm playing a list and then after 
you know, three three weeks goes by. It's not even like a, a, a play a day of games. I'm just playing three whole weeks and I've had time to play games and I've time to think about this that I find things for me. I like to fine tune my lists and find ways to improve them and not having that option will kind of make me feel like after three weeks, I'm just trapped playing this list now that I just now have to go and play this game. Then, then I'm going to feel like I'm obligated to go, go play this game. And I never want to feel obligated to play a game. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at. Like I'm just going to get bored with the list after a few weeks and just be done. And if I'm going to be spending that much mental capacity thinking about a list, I'm not interested in playing. I might as well just put that on the real life stuff I'm doing and, you know, maybe improve my local meta and, and put that towards like developing a cool league system for my local players to play with and playing online. But if that changes next season, I would gladly come back. I, I was on the fence of if I wanted to play this with all the holiday stuff and everything, the dog may have pushed it over to a no, but the, the, the no roster change is just a strict like, mm, nah, not for me. I don't want to play in a, um, and it was an effectively a 10 week long tournament with most of this, with the same list for six of them. <laughs> Cause that's what it, that's literally what it just becomes to me. This next season, our podcast may be more talking about observations of other people in the league. If we talk about the leagues and we won't be talking about our own escapades. Well, not at least not league oriented escapades. Yeah. Not TTS league specifically. We're still gonna be playing. I don't know if I'm going to have anything locally competitively to talk about. Maybe some local meta uh, new, new player updates, but we'll see. This show wouldn't be possible without the members of the Guild Hall and our sponsors, Tritex Games, based in the EU, and War Room Hobbies, based here in Tennessee. Both are great local gaming stores that have game nights and are supporting their local communities. So, if you're shopping online anyway please consider using them as an option to support an LGS instead of a company like Amazon. And to help beat those prices, I've got some codes that will help you save even more off their already discounted prices. If you use the code TRITEXGGCP5 at checkout, you will save an extra 5% off Tritex's MCP selection. And if you check out at War Room Hobbies, you can use the code MCP2022 for an extra 10% off of your order. And... If you're already shopping from your LGS and are wanting to support the Guild's videos or podcasts, check out our Patreon page. For as little as a dollar a month or $12 a year, you can help us continue to put out content for Marvel Crisis Protocol. And as an added bonus, you can come hang with us in the Gamers Guild Discord and ask us or the listener questions like we're getting now. So our listener question this week comes from Todd in the Discord. Off the wall question. Do you think the extract game could be changed up if they dropped every round after scoring. Possibly bring Panic back. Doubt it helps Herbs play as much. Uh, so the question being, do you think extracts like Panic and Herbs are fixed if at the end of the round the objectives are dropped and you have to repick them back up? It's like you score them and then they drop on the floor. Drop on the floor like they just drop within range one of you or your opponent drops them within range two as a normal drop, core rule drop. I would think probably core rule drop. Okay. Except for the stupid shield agents. Those guys got to drop them where the opponent wants. Right. Just because I hate that mechanic. Uh. Uh, (laughs) I feel like that's an interesting concept for a new extract. 
I think with what we've got, like a lot of stuff just doesn't work. There's been a little bit of discussion about this in particular in the discord, like cubes and spider infected really just don't work. And then like herbs obviously just doesn't work if you drop them. I don't know. And like legacy virus becomes almost impossible to score, but I guess that's a good thing because legacy virus probably shouldn't be scored the way it does. Well, actually it would be even easier to score. I would say. Potentially, yeah. Because if everyone just drops them, whoever is the person with priority, if they have the power, they just scoop them up and win. True. If they're close enough, yeah. Yeah. Like a juggernaut. Yeah, like, true. I don't think it fixes panic at all. Like, panic's problem is that, like, you can just not interact with the secure. And I don't think this changes that much. It, like, brings the timer back on, like, Asgard by probably a round if there's no combat happening. So it's just a longer game (laughs) rather than one that like fixes the problem. And then it doesn't change the fact that people are going to cheese herbs like herbs. Herbs problem is that you either cheese it or you're not playing as an extract. And this doesn't fix that. But like I said, I think it's an interesting concept for future extracts. There's definitely, I think something that'd be cool with like a hot potato mechanic where like you have to roll to drop it and take a damage or something, or you just drop it every round. Like the, It's also like the theme that goes into it. I, I mean, I know that mechanics aren't necessarily theme and they don't relate, but I do think that they do factor a little bit into why I play the game. Why am I always dropping these extracts? I don't necessarily think it fixes it. I, like you said, I think it could be a cool mechanic. It would make Sin's leadership pretty uh, sad since that's half of her entire leadership is making people sometimes drop extracts. True. Uh, I, I think in general, I don't think that dropping the, I mean it, the problem I think we're trying to solve here with the dropping is that people grab and run away with them mm-hmm. and I'm not sure that that solves that either because if black cat as an example grabs an extract and then runs away with it then dropping it just too away from her isn't that big a deal because then that means somebody just needs to go out of their way to go pick up this extract. Otherwise she just, whenever she wants to, she goes and picks up a goes or voodoo as an example, drops all the things that he has when he takes them off of people. So I, I just don't know if that really solves that running who the people who are running away can run away. And then it creates sort of this more sort of a, an annoyance, like whoever has priority has so much power then in terms of knowing that they get to place this extract wherever they want and then act and then activate. So whoever has priority control, like a Malekith type team or something or a black order or any other kind of team that uses priority control then has severe extract advantage throughout the game. That's true. Yeah. I didn't even think about it, like creating like a severe negative potential for like, Priority control. Yeah, I, I think I think that it is a good thought to try to find a solution for the grab and run problem, but I think what will fix that is going to more be good extract design that discourages or prevents that, as well as good secures that discourage that. Because if you're just going to get out, outscored on secures, then you can't abandon them. And also maybe like some shifts in some of the character designs like Voodoo and, you know, Black Cat being able to just grab them and run. Yeah, I mean, outside of the legacy virus, 
I don't really think I have a problem with the extracts as they exist in the game right now. I just there just needs to be more of them. I don't like the single. I've, I've yeah, always said this. I think I don't single, like single extracts gotta go, man. They're they're too warping. Um, I mean the the good news is they're only two points, so um, secures can catch you back up. But yeah, it's I don't know if I'm a fan of single extracts. I would not be upset if the two current like random ones we have were changed to like, they just don't disappear when you find it. So like it is actually three. It. So there's three Cree cores you can find. What's the other one? Um, uh, the uh, scroll, there's three scrolls you can find. Yeah. So you can either, it kind of gives you an option like, Oh, well they found one scroll. I can either go kill that guy and take that scroll or I can risk it on this scroll and try to find this one instead. And then if I do, we start, you know, tying on points. And if I don't, I might be in a bad pickle. And then that leaves the third one where you're like, oh, well, now we got to fight for that third one because that'll be the extract advantage. And then it also stops you from like almost auto losing. If like I have had a couple of games where the game was over because I walked forward with someone like Loki as the last activation of the round, round one, and just found it. And he's like on the opposite side of the board from the rest of the game. And I just like, oh, I just have to like hold a third of the scenario of the secures or whatever. And I win. As yeah. long as you never get him. Yeah, that's true. I played a game um, in Shield where I was playing, I think it was, yeah, it was the Scrawl one. And I had Black Panther. I had sit rep back Black Panther up. Then he ra- he moved up. Uh, it's the last activation. Foot grabbed, got the crit, picked up the Scrawl, short moved away. And then it's, and then. There's there was no getting Black Panther at that point between Eye in the Sky, and I think I had Sacrifice, and the fact that he double moves and then pounces, like nobody nobody was ever doing anything to to Black Panther, and I was just scoring two zero on extracts the entire game. Yeah, well, I think that's gonna just about do it for this episode. We're we're actually sort of ending on time for once, unless we want to do an end game. No, no end game. Uh, we're in the end game now. I have a new dog. <laughs> <laughs> She's very cute. Her name is Maya. Maya. Pic- pictures in the Discord, maybe. Ping me, ping me in any various Discord and ask for a picture of Maya, and I will send you one or post it. She's adorable. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for coming on, you two, and talking about our um, roller coaster of a season. Hopefully, we'll we'll come back next week with a little bit more positive ending to our. <laughs> Yes, I feel like we kind of went down a little bit. MCP is still great. MCP is still my favorite game uh, <laughs> of all time. Just saying. Um, of all time. Of all time. I've quit a lot of games and spent a lot of money on this for this game. But until next time, keep on gaming. <laughs> <laughs>